into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation with Detroit News Auto Columnist Henry Payne. Good to have you on here for our second hour. Uh, I have driven down to West Virginia this weekend in a Karma GS6, which is a fabulous vehicle. And, of course, the evolution of the Fisker that came out about a decade ago. This thing has 550 horsepower uh, with uh, plug-in electric power. I'm going to go out here and uh, enjoy this vehicle on a little local uh, test track I've found here in West Virginia. Uh, we're going to have three uh, Vesta Radio car radio tapes coming this uh, this hour. Uh, great tapes, uh, starting with Dan Calhoun, uh, who is the product manager of the Honda Civic. And uh, we were just talking to Brian Benstock up at Paragon Honda in Queens about what a remarkable vehicle this is. Uh, stay tuned here for Dan Calhoun talking about the all-new 2022 Honda Civic. He will be followed by Jamie Groves, uh, product manager for another outstanding car. That is the Ford Bronco, which is probably the hottest vehicle in the market right now. People cannot get enough of the all-new Ford Bronco. And then we'll wind up the program with Jose, Jose Bravo talking about the VW Taos. He's the product manager for that vehicle. That's what replaces the Golf in this market. I think the best uh, uh, VW SUV yet. So here we go, starting out with Dan Calhoun, product manager for the Honda Civic. All right, this is Henry Payne for 910 AM uh, out in Chelsea, Michigan. Uh, just went to Helen back in a Honda Civic, which is a good, good thing to do. Uh, Honda Civics are uh, uh, wonderful handling cars, and we got an all-new one uh, in the market now. We're joined by Dan Calhoun, who is the product planner for the Civic. Dan, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, great to uh, great to have you out here in uh, in Michigan. We're sitting in the new 2022 Honda Civic. This is the most popular model, the Sport. The car I just took to Helen back is the Touring goes for about twenty-eight thousand uh, dollars. This sport goes for about twenty-three thousand dollars. I mean, it's amazing yes. what you can get for twenty-three thousand dollars these days. Yeah, it's a great car. I mean, the the overall dynamics, the the, the styling, the interior accoutrements. It's really really a great car for twenty-three thousand dollars. And again, it's really popular with our young buyers. It's really good as a kind of that entry into our brand. So it really it really plays a great role for us. Uh, and, and you're different in that way. I mean, we're we're in the in Detroit Three country here. Uh, the Detroit Three have abandoned sedans entirely, uh, pretty much left the field uh, to you guys uh, with Honda. The Honda Civic's the best retail-selling compact sedan. Talk about that strategy a little bit, why you guys are still so bullish on small sedans. Well, the key thing is, you know, one thing about the Civic, it's it's number one for first-time car buyers. It's tops with Gen Z, uh, Gen Y. Um, multicultural buyers, so it's really important to get those first-time buyers in. Right now, Civic is about 25% of our our buyers are first-time new car buyers, and and the, those first-time buyers have a tendency to gravitate to sedans. And there's just that it's, there's a more youthful, a more fun to drive aspect to it. I mean, CUVs are great, but when it really comes to having fun and enjoying what an, a car can give you or a vehicle can give you. 
the car is really what it's all about and Civic really it provides a great stylish kind of uh, car for those kids to drive but it's also really good from the, the dy dynamics it's really really a fun car to drive and it's very economical and fuel efficient yeah it is but you, you do have a, a small uh, subcompact SUV in the market the HRV it's very good sells very well so it's interesting you say that first-time buyers are still attracted to the Civic I mean how, how do the buyers between Civic and HRV uh, tend to differ there's a little bit of difference. I think the, the key thing with the HRV, they, they need maybe a little bit more um, versatility and function. So they're maybe starting to think about a family or they've got a job where they like to put things in the back. Um, some people just like to sit up higher when they drive. And whereas a car, again, you get a little bit more, a little better dynamic performance. It's a little, a little more sporty attributes to it. So they're both affordable in that respect, but you get, again, that that more um, more into the style and the driving dynamics and on the HRV side a little bit more of the functionality and the versatility so I mean even though the HRV is a, a nicely styled car there's just a little bit more of that is the purchase reason behind the, the Civic yeah it's interesting uh, yeah my, my kids are car guys so they they're attracted to the Civic but uh, there's the, the HRV option there as well uh, if they want it so I, I was blown away by the 2016 Civic the last gen which was ninth generation this one's the tenth no the last was tenth this is eleventh okay this is <laughs> so the last one was tenth and uh, and when I review it I always refer to it as King Civic because uh, I think uh, everything in the segment benchmark benchmarks the Civic not only in the number of trims that you guys offer you go from the base Civic up to this incredible track monster called the Type R but also interior room uh chaff chassis stiffness uh i think you guys are really the benchmark for this the, for the segment so how do you improve on the 10th generation civic well i think we go back to the team we kind of take a look and say okay what are the things that civic's been representative over the years so when you look back it's always been about driving dynamics safety uh the economical aspect of it of course and then that overall Kind of style and from the exterior standpoint but then on the interior it's always been about very very simple very easy to use um, great visibility so it's it's kind of an overall package of of just providing kind of that best overall experience for the customer the as, as i get into compact sedans these days there's very good competition in this segment the hyundai elantra uh, for example i'm i'm really struck by how much the gap between luxury and mainstream is narrowing and you see it in this car. Um, you've got standard adaptive cruise control. You have uh, a, a, a horizontal uh, uh, dash here that would not be out of place on a luxury car, uh, you know, maybe two generations ago. Uh, do, are you guys aware of, of how much style electronics are narrowing between these two uh, mainstream luxury classes? <laughs> yeah, we are. It's really, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher, really, when you think about, kind of to your point, the level of feature content, um, the overall size, the, the comfort, the things that are they're in the compact car market. And, and I think the beauty about Civic is we've always been kind of that leader. We've been a leader in interior packaging, um, interior, the materials, the quality. Um, I'm actually was really blown away working with the team to the level that we've taken this car from some of the interior craftsmanship and quality. Um, just for, again, for that to your point to that compact segment. So it's really, uh, we're really raising the bar on this car. Yeah, I mean, this thing has real style to it. I, I think uh, folks who've come into compact cars in the last 20 years, they just figure, you know, compact's a, a starter beater. But uh, this this honeycomb 
uh, dash is is really a style signature for this car. Overall, though, much more understated car than the last generation. Last generation had these boomerang rear rear, rear taillights, uh, very racy uh, looking car. You've you've dialed it back. This time uh, seems much more akin to the Accord than to the last generation Civic. There's a, there's a little bit of family resemblance there, but actually what we did is we went back to kind of look back at all the the Civics and kind of picked up on all the timeless values, design values that we've had in the past. I, I mean, to your point, when we came out with the 10th gen, we had this pretty radical kind of a different change, but we've also started to say as we come off the new one, we've seen some of our competitors start to move in that direction. So the whole idea was okay. We, let's improve upon the 10th generation. What do we do to make it you know, even better? And so we went back and they looked at a lot of the design elements where it's that thin and light and low and wide. So I look at this car as actually being more of a little bit more athletic looking than the previous car. The other 10th gen was maybe a little bit more playful in its design. So this one's just, again, taking that, those timeless values and just kind of applied them to today's kind of standards. And uh, I think it's really a timeless timeless design and, and then of course we've really improved the dynamics steering the handling the NVH so I think we've made dramatic improvements in the car yeah it's, it, it, I think it, it really will age well as, as, as conservative styles uh, tend to do um, I, I love what you guys uh, do at Honda in general and ergonomics so uh, you got you got magic seats um, you, you have uh, 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 these uh, big sunken consoles in the in the Honda minivan. Uh, you guys have done a lot, uh, a lot of things differently here in this console compared to the last generation. Uh, talk about that evolution a little bit. Well, a lot of it is just to we wanted to make the car, even though the size is the same, we wanted to kind of give it a more spacious kind of overall feel. So we've really made the things things kind of plain and simple. The ergonomics are phenomenal. Everything's at your fingertips. We actually adjusted the shift knob where it goes in relationship to the cup holders. So you aren't bumping your cup holders when you're touch going to the shift knob or when you're using your HVAC. Um, so just little details like that really make a big difference. As far as the overall space, it's pretty consistent with the current car so you can fit, you know, it's very expansive. So you have plenty of room to store, you know, your your things that you have with you. So. The uh, one of the ergonomic uh, areas you guys have been dinged on was the um, was the touchscreen, uh, and and you guys have made uh, some adjustments there. Uh, going back to the Honda CRV that had no knobs on the touchscreen, uh, are are you guys constantly getting feedback from customers? I know media people, we're, we, you know, by our nature we bellyache, but uh, do do you constantly get feedback from customers about touch points like that? We have feedback on everything, and we pay close attention to surveys and, and the kind of things that we get from our customers. We go out and we, we actually visit customers at homes. We have focus groups. So one of the things you mentioned, like on a button, and, and one of the things on our when we launched the 10th gen, we didn't have a volume button. Hmm. But when we did our MMC, that's one of the things we heard, and we added that volume button at that time. So again, MMC is mid-cycle refresh. Mid-cycle, I'm sorry, mid-cycle refresh, yes. So we do listen, um, and again, it, the connectivity is always an issue, I think, with a lot of manufacturers, and we're always continuing to improve on this vehicle. It's the buttons are easier to push. It's a it's a more clear screen. There's um, shorter steps to get to where you're going. It's quicker processing. So we're constantly, you know, improving um, in in that area. And of course, we listen to our customers and find out what their needs are, what their wants, or if they have any issues, and then we respond accordingly. Yeah, I mean, beyond the obvious uh, advances in, in electronics. 
uh, that you see from one generation to the next in, in, in Hondas and other compacts these days. This car, if you go back a few generations, is the size of an Accord. I, I, I owned a 1992 Accord. I think this is bigger uh, than, than that car is. Uh, and yet, when we drive this thing uh, in anger on nice roads like hell, it, it is a fabulous handling car. How are you able to, to keep this car so nimble, even as it grows? Uh, that's you know, Honda's an engineering company, so the, the the team really focuses on that. So the things of just increasing, um, you know, the uh, uh, just going in and, and and doing lighter weight, you know, materials, um, doing bonding materials, um, adjusting the suspensions. Um, everything they do is really contributes to the overall driving dynamics of the car. So. That's just the focus of, of what Honda does. Yeah, um, uh, some some trends uh, in this segment. Uh, some of your competitors are coming in with all-wheel drive. Um, uh, talk about your all's decision to to stick with front-wheel drive with, uh, with the eleventh gen. Uh, well, we we're like twenty-five percent, twenty-five to thirty percent of the market, and we sell well with the front-wheel drive. We've never really had a need to do an all-wheel drive. We have our Again, that's where HRE comes in. If someone needs an all-wheel drive, they can go to that. So it's just something that we just really haven't had a strong demand from our customers. We've done very, very well with front-wheel drive, and we stick with that equation. Yeah. Um, th this is an enthusiast brand. You get a lot of folks who buy Civics, uh, not just because they're affordable, but because they're fun. Do you guys still offer a manual transmission? Um, we will not offer it on the four-door. but. Stay tuned for some future iterations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some more fun stuff uh, uh, coming down the line. Um, I, I, I find this sized car so pleasing these days. Uh, I'm six foot five. You're a big guy too. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to sit in the back seat. We got Lynn Seely here with us, who is uh, with the communications team at Honda. Uh, Lynn, you look pretty comfortable back there in the back seat. Um, uh, um, how 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 do you guys? Um, sell this relative to a mid-sized car when really this has all the room you need? Well, we don't really try to compete against the mid-sized car. Customers may may kind of compare it to it, but Civic, because Civic has this youthful image that a lot of people that are in the mid-sized category don't necessarily gravitate towards Civic just from because they consider it a young person's car. So um, we do get some cross-shopping, but we really don't try to separate it. We, you know, our cord, there is definitely size differences. Even though these have increased in size, the mid-size cars have gotten bigger. So there's a substantial difference between our car and a mid-size. Um, maybe some of the competitors, mid-sizes aren't quite as big. This car, this is the way we package things. So even though this car even feels more expansive than the current car, the interior is not any different. It just feels more expensive. It's just the Honda magic of packaging the interior of our cars. Yeah, I, I, you know, you get into some compact uh, luxury cars these days, like an Alfa Romeo, uh, uh, Julia, or a uh, Audi A4. This is a more spacious car than those cars. I mean, it really is, I think, a sweet spot in automotive. So, uh, so you come into Civic, uh, talk about the starting price, and then how, how people can step up through the $28,000 uh, touring Civic I was driving. So we have our LX grade that starts at 21700 so it's about $450 over the current car that's going away, but we've added standard LED headlights, standard CarPlay and Android, we've increased the screen size, we've increased, we've added four new airbags on the car, so a lot of new features added to the, the base car for only $450. As we have to step up to the Sport for $1,400 more, um, that's where you get kind of the 
the design elements, we get the 18-inch alloy wheels. Next, we move to our EX, is where we actually introduce the 1.5 turbo engine comes into play. And then we top out at our Turing trim at 28,300, which is exactly the same price as our outgoing model, but we're adding additional features to it, like a Bose premium audio system. Um, we have the wireless car play, uh, wireless charging. So we've added more features and kept the price the same. Yeah, that's pretty extraordinary. The, the, the and the, and the wireless. There, there are so many people I talk to now. I mean, again, this is this is a, a luxury product just a generation ago. Uh, you have wireless um, wi wireless smartphone technology in this car, so people can literally walk into this car with their phone. The car recognizes it. You never have to take it out of your pocket. Um, uh, it, uh, but there is a delineation here within the Civic. Uh, yes. the, the, the standard car does, does not have wireless. You Correct. step up to the Touring. Uh, why is that? Um, it's just a lot of it is, you know, you want to try to separate the different trims. Hmm. And there's always costs associated with, with different features. So the whole idea is we, and we talk to our, our respective customers. So you, we, we look at a LX customer, and what are the key things they want? First and foremost, they want CarPlay Android. They don't necessarily ask for the wireless, they just want the CarPlay and Android. And they, of course, they want all the safety, um, you know, attributes. So we listen to their customers, and then we kind of structure our cars based on who that buyer is for each respective trim. So like on our touring, we may get a little bit older buyer who appreciates and is willing to pay for more of those high-end features. Whereas an LX buyer is basically, especially for a parent who's buying it for their, their, their child, is like, oh, I like 10 airbags. I like, you know, the standard, Honda suite of safety. We asked people in Michigan why they got the COVID-19 vaccine. Because I am 24 weeks pregnant and we wanted to protect our baby boy. I vaccinated to protect my family, protect my friends and help our community. Because I believe in the science. Why did you get vaccinated? My best friend couldn't. She caught COVID and passed away the day before her birthday. That is my why. Be able to hug my mom again. I haven't been able to hug her in over a year. I want to hug my grandma again. And I'm ready to get back to somewhat normal. All the vaccines have been tested for safety and are trusted by doctors. I'm vaccinated. I'm coming to give you a big hug. I love you, Mom. You've got your why. Now find the vaccine near you at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Are you a business builder looking for support to solve issues related to business strategy, e-commerce, operations and processes, marketing, or finance? If so, check out the TechTown training series and access free on-demand video workshops led by subject matter experts. TechTown Detroit is a nonprofit business support organization, and we want to help solve your hot-button business issues at your convenience. Sign up for our free on-demand training series at techtowndetroit.org slash training series. Again, that's techtowndetroit.org slash training series. Get a basic understanding of business management, marketing, operations, financing, legal, and so much more at TechTown Detroit. The TechTown training series is made possible with support from the Walters Family Foundation. 910 AM Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air within 30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. 
Call Ronisha Williams now at 313-434-8291. You're on car radio with Henry Payne. On the line with us, Cadillac Racing's program manager, Laura Clouser. How are things looking down there at Daytona Raceway? We've got a little bit of everything. The NASCAR scene, an XF1 driver, of course IndyCar, and then the Insta crew that really take the machine and show everybody what it's made of. Talking to Jim Morrison, who is the Jeep Ram chief. I'm happy to report that Grand Cherokee has been still the market leader for five years. We held the highest loyalty. The best car radio program in all of radio. And you can only get it here on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. Detroit's only African-American talk radio. Out in Austin, Texas. Uh, great, great to be. Kind of hot out here in, in June, but that's okay because we're all inside new Ford Broncos, which are nicely air-conditioned. You can air-condition them nat naturally or... Uh, with, with the roof, uh, roof up, uh, we're joined by Jamie Groves, who is the vehicle engineering manager of this extraordinary project. Uh, Jamie, uh, congratulations on the Ford Bronco, and take us back to the beginning. How, how did this thing happen? Oh, well, uh, you know, I've been involved with the project for four and a half years now. Uh, you know, it wasn't right from the very beginning for me, but pretty close. Um, you know, we, from the off-road perspective, uh, started very early on with uh, running trails. We were in Rubicon, we were in Moab. Uh, we ran trails out there to set the rock crawling targets for the program and define all those parameters it was going to take to, to meet those. Um, you know, we spent uh, a ton of time out in Johnson Valley kind of defining what it was going to take to deliver on the high-speed, high-excitement uh, uh, tenant behind the program. And, um, and you know we've just done a, a ton of testing uh, to support all of that and yeah. bring it to life out here. So it's kind of the off-road part of the story. Um, yeah, I mean these this this off rodeo uh, idea is really cool and uh, kind of a great way to bring the customers in. Uh, this this is a a niche, a, a very fast growing niche in this SUV age, but it's been owned by Jeep by the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, I was recently at Holly Oaks in the Michigan area, and other than ATVs and, and motorbikes, it's, that's, it's Jeep Nation out there. Um, you guys want a piece of this. Uh, how, 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 how is your approach different from Jeep uh, going off-road with the Bronco? Yeah, so the, the Bronco from the very beginning uh, was really, you know, we, we wanted to be authentic to the Bronco brand, and so, you know, the... Um, we certainly want to be very capable in the rocks and be able to run down any type of terrain, which is the, the goat nomenclature goes over any type yep. of terrain. And, uh, so it's kind of the all-around vehicle, so it's not just a dedicated rock crawling uh, SUV. Uh, but on top of that, it needed to deliver on this high-speed, high-excitement, fun mm. aspect that uh, you know we've kind of built a reputation with with the Raptor and wanted to bring it to the Bronco. Mm -hmm. one, one of the things uh, I noticed as a tall guy, uh, as soon as you get into a Bronco after spending a lot of time in, in Jeeps, is ergonomically, this is a lot easier car. I'm, I'm big. I get into a Wrangler. I'm immediately aware of the roll bar and uh, where I am in proximity to that. Uh, the roll bar here is, is more recessed. Um, uh, you, you look at the uh, console, uh, the Wrangler, you have uh, two shifters there if you have a transfer case. Uh, this vehicle has a, uh, has, a, has a shifter, but then just a rotary knob. 
uh, to go through your through your uh, modes. It, it it feels just a lot simpler, more ergonomically friendly when you get in. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think uh, you know to your point about the uh, the the bar, the um, the bebo, if you will, uh, that sits behind your head uh, in, in the Jeep. Um, you know, we really focused on delivering this. Uh, more open experience, so uh, the democratization of open air. So uh, mm -hmm. if you sit in the back of the truck, uh, you feel just, uh, you know, it's even more open, right, because you've got the full uh, open roof out in front of you, which, yep. um, you know, having a bow across the, the center really intrudes upon. So we've really focused on delivering, a, you know, kind of next level open air experience. It, it is it is a totally open air experience. Again, like like Wrangler, you can take the doors off, you can take the uh, roof off. Um, but the the term modularity keeps coming up uh, when you when you uh, talk to the engineers in this in this program. Uh, speak to that a little bit and, and how that benefits the customer. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we've got a number of things that make the truck uh, highly uh, modular and accessorizable. Uh, so. Um, the doors come off. They're very easy to take off. Uh, we've got an uh, electrical connector that is on the hinge pillar that has a door that slaps shut once you take the connector out and protect it from dirt. Um, we have removable front fenders that are, you know, most front fenders are bolt-on, but these are very easy to get off. Uh, removable grill that can be replaced with different styles. Uh, and well, so you can actually replace the grill on oh, yeah. one of these. If you if you kind of get tired of your grill, you can put a different one on. Sure can. Oh wow. Yep. And uh, even the rear quarter uh, is bolt-on. So if you bang it up off-roading, uh, or you want to change up the style uh, with an accessory version, you can pull both the, the fender and the rear quarter off and replace those. The fender flares uh, are mounted with quarter turn fasteners, so a couple of flicks and you just give it a yank and the whole fender flare pops right off. Uh, we've got a modular front bumper uh, that has removable wings on the front. It's got a bunch of mounting points on it. You can get a brush bar, you can get a winch. Um, and then we've put accessory mounting points all over the truck. You see exposed fasteners in a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, they'll have a Bronco branding on the head of the fastener and uh, it's kind of a cue that hey, we've got accessories that you can mount here, and it just really opens up possibilities. Yeah. So, yeah, so you, you kind of saw that in Wrangler. I mean, Wrangler owners obviously uh, love to accessorize their vehicles. They like to take the doors off, but you, you kind of went point by point uh, through that practice and saw w ways to make it easier. You know that customer. I mean, you got the spare sitting on the back uh, trunk, you know, it's that's that's very uh, very easy, but you literally went through the went through the car and said, "How do we make everything that easy?" Yeah, that was the idea. We want to make this uh, kind of a canvas. It's uh, kind of you see what people have done with classic Broncos and it's a generational product that, you know, you could be in the family for for a long time, right? And yeah. people may want to modify it over time, make it their own, kind of, uh, you know, when they get tired of this style and there's a new style they see out there, they want to mix it up, you know, it makes it very easy to, to do all of that. How has that uh, brand uh, lived for so long? I mean, uh, uh, Jeep's been out there since World War II, uh, Mustang's been strong since uh, uh, 65, uh, 64 and a half. Uh, Bronco kind of went away, particularly as an off-road vehicle. It kind of grew, became a big SUV, I think went away in the late 1990s. How, how has that, that fire stayed uh, alive? 
Uh, I think there's there's a ton of passion out there in the Bronco community, uh, certainly outside of the company, and there's always been a passionate uh, core inside the company who has uh, really wanted to bring the Bronco back, and it's just fantastic to see it out here and uh, see the smile on everybody's faces when they get out of them uh, driving them off-road. Yeah, yeah, really, that's a powerful brand that can uh, live decades like that without necessarily having a product uh, in, the, in the market. So, so you guys come to uh, market. Uh, I'm going to test you here, see if you can name off all the trims. I, I, I can't, but you, 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 start with a, you start with a base model. You can get it in two or four doors. Uh, take it from there. Okay, sure, yeah. So <laughs> the next trim series up is the Big Bend, uh, and you can get all of them in uh, two or four door. Uh, but you've got the Big Bend, uh, the Outer Banks, the Black Diamond, uh, and then the Badlands and the wild track <laughs> and uh yeah they all have their own kind of unique personality and uh fit you know the lifestyle that uh, the customer is looking for yeah uh which one would you get and why uh i ordered a badlands uh two-door two-three manual mm -hmm. also and, and so you're going with the base engine the two-three which is really good i mean i i that, that to me is one of the highlights of this program i'm a huge uh ford ford focus uh, rs fan mustang fan you guys have put that engine that 2.3 300 horsepower thing in this is the base engine yeah it's great i mean especially in a two-door i mean the truck is light and nimble a 2.3 manual is just a blast to drive on the road it's a blast to drive off-road i just love it yeah so so you're you're pretty serious off-roader i mean you, you order a bad lands you want to take that off-road you want the disconnecting sway bar yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been uh, having a blast with them just through the development process, and I'm I'm uh, I'm a Bronco guy now. I'm an off-road guy. I wasn't before uh, the program uh, much, and so it's just been a huge learning experience and just a absolute riot to, to work on. It's been a blast. Yeah, but it, it, it's such a cool car. And actually, the Detroit News uh, Vehicle of the Year last year was the Bronco Sport, which is part of this family. Bronco Sport is not based on this ladder truck frame. It's based on the escape frame. But it, but in its own right, is a really capable off-road vehicle and I think has given people a taste for what's coming in styling. That's been a huge hit this year. Absolutely. I, I, uh, it's been just uh, so much fun to watch what people are doing with their Bronco Sports online. I mean, it's blown my mind the places you see those uh, those Bronco Sports uh, out on the trails and and not even Badlands variants. You see, uh, you know, Outer Banks up on the tops of mountains, and yeah, yeah. it's just so cool to see. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next few months. Yeah, yeah, I love that car. So uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you alluded to the high speed part. Uh, but what, what, the other thing that's cool about the Ford DNA is speed. I mean, this is a company that was uh, whose, whose founder raced the car back in the early 20th century in order to get attention uh, for his product. Uh, you guys uh, beat uh, uh, Ferrari at Le Mans in '66. Uh, speed is throughout this brand. Your 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 uh, uh, Raptor uh, Super Truck is sort of defined, uh, created a, 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 that segment. There is speed in this. We were out there driving around with Vaughn Gitlin, for goodness sake, on a high-speed off-road course today. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, again, um, it was a key tenet of the program from the very beginning. It had to deliver on that fun and excitement. And uh, so we've done things with the product to deliver that. You know, certainly the powertrain lineup, 2.3, like I said, is, uh, as a base engine is really impressive. And then the 2.7 is... Uh, it's going to blow people away, I think, for V6 in this truck. Um, 
the suspension system. We've got IFS and uh, racky pass steering in the front, so the handling on road and off road is really good. Uh, talk about that a little bit. I mean, because that, that's that's one of the things that Wrangler and Bronco people are going to argue over whether whether you have a solid solid front axle or whether you have the independent uh, uh, front front uh, suspension. Talk about the, uh, the the benefits, the drawbacks of that. Yeah, so with the independent front suspension, uh, you know, you have less unsprung mass in the front. You can keep the contact patch of the tire on the ground and, and pointed the direction that you want it to go. Um, so it really does help in the, in the high speed stuff, whether you're on the road or in the desert or hard pack, uh, you know, two track in Michigan. Um, and then we've put uh, Bill Stein ESCV position sensitive dampers in the truck. So, uh, you know, similar to what's in Raptor with the internal bypass position sensitive, this has on stop control and both jounce and rebound. So, like you felt today, uh, you know, this thing will fly through uh, some bumps and whoops and just kind of sucks it up and, and puts smiles on faces. Yeah. And, and, and you guys uh, took this to the most serious. Uh, test. You took this down Baja. The the uh, the on track guys, Ford GT. They, they they went to Le Mans. You guys went to Baja. You actually did this production truck in Baja. You were one of the drivers. Uh, talk about that vehicle. How you prepared for it and what the experience was like. Yeah, we got the the opportunity to to drive a Bronco uh, down there. We ran it as an engineering validation exercise. So Seth Kozlowski and Brad Lovell and I. Uh, fielded the stock Bronco, just totally production except for some safety equipment, so roll cage and race seats and we put some lights on it, uh, carried an extra spare in the back and a jack, so truck was loaded down, but uh, performed flawlessly. We, yeah. we yeah, you have 2.7 in it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 2.7 tw tw yeah. twin turbo. Yeah, that was a Badlands uh, four-door with the uh, 2.7. And uh, yeah, we only stopped on the clock twice. So the normal 1000 is a stage rally. And uh, so um, during the uh, race, we only stopped twice. And it was both times for flat tires. Got them changed and kept going. The truck for 1,000 miles, actually it was like 11 or 1,200 miles, I think, uh, including some of the on-road sections was uh, just a blast to drive down there. Kept on going. Got us a podium finish in a class with a bunch of pre-runner race trucks. So it was... Uh, Pretty exciting experience. Yeah, that, that is really impressive. Um, and, and is the nature of Baja uh, generally high speed? I mean, are you are you using things like the disconnect uh, front axles, or, or is, it, is that more of a test of just how robust uh, the suspension and whatnot is in this vehicle? Yeah, there's a little bit of everything down there. The uh, Nora course this year had uh, everything from hard pack, just desert roads, to whoops. We had some really soft sand with deep ruts near San Felipe. There's a bit of rock in it. It's you know it's certainly not a rock crawling course. It's not King of the Hammers. It's uh, but there's a bit of rock. There's a bit of technical windy twisty stuff. Uh -huh. There's some high speed. There's flat out on dry lake beds. Uh, so yeah, it's just a huge mix, huge variety of terrain. And Bronco is just made for Baja. I think you know the fact that. Uh, you know, they've got such a long history of running in Baja and winning races down there. We felt like it was important, A, to validate, uh, you know, the, the truck down there and just show that the Bronco's back, it's worthy of the name. Uh, but to be able to do it in a race environment was just, uh, you know, yeah. an extra special thing to do with it. I don't, you did not have Sasquatch back, package on. So people are going to learn what Sasquatch means with a Bronco. It's, uh, it, it, it goes, it dovetails nicely with the brand. But in terms of that race, 
You didn't want Sasquatch, you want a, a leaner tire? Yeah, we just ran it with the uh, standard 33-inch uh, tire on the Badlands, and you know the, the, that package does have a bit more suspension travel, uh, which of course is a benefit in that environment, but uh, we could have done with a little more clearance. You're, you're running behind trophy trucks, which turn up the, the desert and put deep yeah. ruts in, and so, uh, you know, so we certainly didn't have the clearance of a truck on 40-inch tires, but we got through there and just kept on ticking. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a great story. Uh, really exciting to see the Bronco uh, come to market. Uh, Jamie Groves, vehicle engineering manager for the all-new Ford Bronco 2021. Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Henry. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation Car Radio out in Chelsea, Michigan, and uh, checking out the all-new VW Ta Taos out here. This is a big deal, big, big deal, uh, big shift. Uh, for VW is the Golf goes out the door and the Taos comes in as the entry-level hatchback for VW. We're joined by Jose Bravo, uh, a great name. I love Jose Bravo. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a, a Hollywood name. Uh, Jose, Jose is the uh, product manager for the VW Taos. Uh, Jose, how are you? Great. Thank you very much for having me. You know, it's it, these are exciting times for the VW brand. You know. Uh, Especially for the compact SUVs, you know, we're we're pumped to have the the new Taos coming in alongside to the ID4 and the Moyer 22 T1 facelift. So, very very exciting times for the brand. And for uh, for hatchback guys like me, my first car was a VW Rabbit GTI. That's how old I am. I, I, my first <laughs> car was a Rabbit, not a Golf. Um, that's still that's still in the in the product lineup here. You're still still doing the GTI. You're just not doing the base Golf anymore. Yeah, so the idea is right now the, the evolution, as you know, we want to keep this nameplate and it's going to be imported, of course, but we're, we're keeping part of the Golf family with us, and it's, it's part of the brand, and it, we know our customers here in the U.S. love it as well, so yeah. we're keeping that through, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I love that, but, but, <laughs> but generally speaking, we Americans have gone crazy for SUVs. Uh, VW has come in, transformed their lineup. Uh, you're, you're an SUV brand now. Your entry-level, entry-entry-level car would be a Jetta uh, sedan, but uh, now you have a complete lineup of SUVs. Uh, at the very top is the Atlas, and now the Taos comes in as your entry-level uh, SUV. Yeah, that's correct. So I think that as a brand, we see that the a, the compact SUV segment is growing heavily. You know, uh, pre-COVID, we started going up to four million units a year. And we see the high drive and demand of this. So we identified the opportunity to have this smaller compact SUV, which is the Taos, that is based upon the the, the great MQB platform that we have. Mm -hmm. And with the wheelbase that we were discussing previously, with one of 5.9 inches, you have a great ergonomics and space. So it was the best packaging we can bring in to the entry customer that maybe is moving up from a sedan and wants this great value proposal without sacrificing fuel economy and a great cost of maintenance. Now this this would be a subcompact SUV. This is underneath the Tiguan, and but the SUVs are so hot that even the subcompact segment is is getting sliced and diced. So there are actually smaller SUVs than this available. You can go down to a uh, Honda uh, HRV, uh, which is a smaller vehicle than this. Uh, Hyundai's got a tiny little. Uh, thing I can't remember the name of the Hyundai underneath un, uh, that's that's underneath this size. That's not what you guys are after. No. You guys are more. I'll, I'll call it the uh, I'll, I'll call it the large subcompact segment. You're going after 
uh, Kia Seltos, uh, Subaru Crosstrek. This is a pretty good size subcompact SUV. That's correct. You know, we we're one seventy-five point inches long, so right now we're it's pretty much nine point three inches shorter than the long wheelbase. So as you mentioned, on this area, you have your Seltos, you have your Crosstrek, you have your Compass, and you know we want to make sure that from a packaging perspective, this delivers. You know, it's not a small hatch. It has great cargo space, amazing second legroom, and great ergonomics. I'm six foot five. Uh, one of the first things I do when I get into cars is I see if I can sit behind myself in the second seat. This thing is huge. I mean, this 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 car in the rear seat is bigger than a lot of compact SUVs like a Mazda CX-5 or a, um, a a Chevy Equinox. This thing's big in the back seat. Yeah, we have in the second row the legroom is 37.9 inches. So if you're 6'5", you can put the driver's seat in your correct position, then jump into the second row, and I still have plenty of space on the head, uh, from a headroom and from a legroom perspective, and you're sitting up higher. So we've done a great job here as a brand. Uh, one of the key focuses is ergonomics, and we, we ensure that, of course, even our entry SUV delivers on this point. So uh, as a longtime golf guy myself, one of the things I always liked about uh, the Golf was relatively, it had a pretty good rear back seat. You could get four people, you know, you're a young person, you buy your first car, you can get your four buddies into that car. Uh, but this, this car has much more rear leg room than a Golf did. Are you finding with the SUV customer, they prioritize rear, sight, rear seat room as well as cargo? We see that, of course, if you jump into an SUV it's because you need a more space and you also need, need to have fun. And even though it could be only yourself, you have over the weekend's adventure. So we want to make sure that there's space enough that the, 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 your passengers are also comfortable in the rear. And, and this also not comes from an economics perspective, but also from a design perspective, that you have the same fit and finish and comfort for your passengers as well. And we do see that more when you jump into SUVs, you have more people riding with you. Uh, for example, the, in the second row, we also have a pass-through if you want to go skiing. So we're taking some elements, you know, for this more fun and uh, adventure if you want to take this vehicle outside as well out of the city on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, Americans love their weekends. So I mentioned uh, at the top of the segment the VW Atlas. That, that car has done really well for you. Uh, I think when you combine Atlas sales with the, what's, what's the two-row version? Uh, the Crossport. When you combine uh, Crossport and Atlas sales, I think that's your volume seller right now. I think combined, those two outsell the Tiguan, right? Yeah, combined, they're a little bit above T1, but if you take a, a individual values, the T1 is doing awesome. So yeah. we had an amazing first quarter with the T1. It, it's doing great. Uh, we're looking forward to have it later this year. We'll have the facelift T1, the Model 22, which loads up with tech and some new design and cues and elements. So this, the segment is hot in overall. So I think that having these now this dual offer in the compact SUV segment with T1, and Taos is going to be is going to be a great offer for the customer. Yeah, and and I, I've been in the Tiguan. Uh, you and I uh, uh, walked through that car uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, just as in this car, a lot of space inside. It really seems like the halo for this brand now is uh, is not so much a, a VW Golf GTI, which kind of used to be a halo or a Golf R, a performance model. The the real halo here in the brand is the Atlas, roomy. Uh, very stylish looking from the exterior. This this car really feels, this Taos really feels like a mini Atlas. Yeah, that's correct. And in addition to that, what we, we're taking as premise is also the technology, you know, and driver's assistance features. So 
We want to make sure that when you have an SUV, you don't have to jump into the top trim or the most expensive one to get all the features you need. The base Taos delivers a standard turbocharged engine that delivers up to 31 mpg combined. You have a standard digital cockpit, LED headlights and tail lights that are that are not common in the segment, and even a, a, a standard all-wheel drive with the standard all-wheel drive with cloth seats that are heated. So we want to make sure that this value proposal is there, and also from a safety uh, suite perspective, deliver all the safety features that you find in a top car are available in your base trim, which is super cool for a very very comfortable price point. Yeah, and that, that is, uh, yeah, there's a real war going on with these uh, manufacturers. Uh, everybody's trying to bring in these standard segments. They're, they're really democratizing automobiles. You, you've got your standard digital uh, display in this car, standard, standard blind spot assist, uh, available adaptive cruise control down at the uh, $22,000, $23,000 entry price. These are features that you could only get in a luxury car two, probably two generations ago. Yeah, so as a brand, as, uh, we, we prioritize safety, you know, and this means driver's assistance. So uh, we try to democratize safety features across the lineup. The idea now as a brand, we're bringing the cross kind of strategy that is an IQ drive safety suite, which is our smart driver assistance system that not only incorporates your basic front assist and blind spot that are common in the segment, but you have features such as travel assist and emergency assist, which are common in very higher price points or different segments. And we're then sure with the, even with the towels that these features are available on the entry trim. And that means that you have a great value proposal, even from the entry. If you, you have a limited budget, you'll be able to have access to this. Yeah. And we're, we're sitting in an SE trim here, which is your volume trim, your middle trim. You're expecting about 50% of sales uh, to be this car. It's a pretty rugged looking thing. I mean, again, you compare it to a Golf. Uh, Golf was uh, you know, sort of a sportier. Um, uh, performance hatchback. This looks much more off-roady. I mean, this you, you look at this. There's a lot of lot of black uh, uh, trim around the car. Uh, it really has sort of a rugged off-roady look. Yeah. So uh, to your point exactly, you know, an SUV has to be an SUV, right? So it means it has to be robust. It has to be more rugged. It has to have the great ground clearance and the great positioning. So what we don't hear is this car is. Uh, we've taken the design cues and what the elements, the cost, the U.S. customer wants, and we brought them, brought them here. You know, like you have a very attractive front design with an aggressive grille, an X design with glossy black accents that is also, you know, is across the whole lineup, making sure that you get all these nice accents all across. And of course, the stance of the vehicle that you get with the with the Taos is great. So you do get a proper SUV, and it's, a, it's actually a robust-looking vehicle. Then uh, you've got all-wheel drive available on this vehicle. Talk about that a little bit and, and what you get uh, with the all-wheel dr uh, drive package uh, when that comes in. So, of course, uh, the all-wheel drive, uh, if you go from the base trim, the S trim that we have, the all-wheel drive also adds uh, an all-weather package, which includes up to heated seats. So it's actually a great value proposal, and an all-wheel drive system is a very competitive segment. So, so you can segment. get that at the S trim. You can get yes. your all-wheel drive right there at the, the base trim. Correct, and that's part of the value proposal because we we know some customers uh, may prefer front-wheel drive for the entry price, but all-wheel drives also help us in the northeast and in several regions that you have snow or different conditions. So we want to make sure that the entry customer has access to an all-wheel drive as well at a very competitive price, but not only as a front-wheel drive. And the, the uh, all-wheel drive also gets you a, a, a mode dial, 
which which you don't, we're, we're sitting in a front wheel drive SE here. But when you when you get that all wheel drive system, you get a mode dial and you get a number of features with that. Yeah, we have several customization features, you know, and this is part of you know this is it comes down from uh, as a brand itself from Germany. You know, it's a system that is shared with Germany, and so yeah, this this system is is pretty good. It's competitive with the, what we see in the segment. So. I think that the whole vehicle, even you see it from our digital cockpits, is what, how can you make this work better? You know, how can this tailor to your cost to the customer you're driving dynamics? So, yeah, a lot of uh, good initiatives, not only as the VW here in the U.S., but as VW from a brand across the globe. Well, we like our all-wheel drive here in uh, Michigan. We get long winters, so <laughs> there'll be a big, <laughs> big take for that uh, here. Uh, you guys are putting a lot of emphasis on electrification these days. You've, you. Uh, have the new VW ID4 uh, coming in at about uh, $40,000 before tax credits. Uh, talk about the challenge uh, of that cost-wise. The, the VW Taos, which is your entry-level vehicle, uh, there's no electrification option here mm -hmm. in the low $20,000 segment. I think that uh, we're, first of all, you know, the ID4 is, is amazing. You know, I think that we've seen the customers, the initial reviews, and how this is changing the mindset of the customers and the customer adoption for this vehicle is going to just keep on growing. So as a brand, ID4 has, is, is definitely a big milestone for us. And from a customer perspective, we see that there's a space for each one of these SUVs. You know, there's a specific customer that is looking for an electrical vehicle. And with, as you mentioned, with the tax credits, it's a great offer. Uh, in the case of the Taos, I think that the, with new technology that we incorporated in the 1.5 standard turbocharged engine, this engine delivers up to 31 MPG combined in the front wheel drive. So we are super competitive with that uh, MPG number. Therefore, we, we feel very comfortable with this engine that not only delivers the fuel economy and power, but also from a torque perspective, you get 184 pound-feet of torque that kicks in at 1750 RPM, which is not common. So you, that, you do get the immediate response that you may feel in an electrical vehicle as well, that you have that punchy feel when you start, when you accelerate or you want to merge in the highway. So this the engine delivers already, and uh, we want to continue with this uh, 1.5 for the moment, and it's going great. You know, it's, it's, it's been the right choice. Yeah. So as, as a value proposition, that's what you still need in this segment. A, a, a battery-powered car, you just you, you wouldn't be able to make it work a for, uh, uh, as an affordable vehicle. That's still something that needs right now to be playing in a $40,000 segment. If you're playing in the $20,000 segment, you still need a, a ICE engine. I think this 1.5 delivers, so I think that we were discussing about the check marks. So this this engine, the 1.5, with the new technology we've incorporated on it, it delivers every attribute we want. You get the right power, you get the right fuel economy, and you also get the, the right driving dynamics. And of course, you know, electrification comes at a premium, and we want to make sure that our customers have all the attributes, but don't pay a premium that is not necessary for them at this point. Yeah, this is a wonderful uh, uh, engine. I love having a turbocharged engine in this segment. Uh, I particularly like these digital displays because they're configurable. Uh, I think people, are, uh, customers are really going to uh, like that. Uh, last question for you. What, what's your favorite uh, sort of little detail here with the Taos that uh, you think will really stand out to customers? I think that uh, Taos is the technology that Taos brings in. You know, it's not only, of course, the engine delivers amazing fuel economy, great performance, but I think we also bring, want to bring technology to the masses, right? You want to make sure that the volume trims, the S and the AC deliver with tech. So you have a standard digital cockpit, you got a great infotainment system, you have wireless Apple CarPlay with wireless charging available. 
uh, you get all the nice gadgets up to, pre uh, up to Beats Premium Audio. So you get all the text and fun that you find in bigger SUVs, but in this vehicle. So I think that is, it, it checks the boxes in regards to the packaging in overall. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great vehicle. Great to see VW in this segment. I lament the fact that the Golf is not here anymore, but great to still have that GTI uh, in the VW lineup. Jose Bravo, product manager for the Taos, thanks for joining us. Of course, my pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to see the Taos on the streets. Detroit People's Platform works for real community benefit agreements, advocates, and organizes for truly affordable housing and public transit that responds to the needs of Detroiters in the nation's largest majority black city. Make your plan today to vote absentee or at the polls in the primary election on Tuesday, August 3rd. Because in 2021, majority black Detroit deserves better. Visit DetroitPeople'sPlatform.org or follow us at Detroit People's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to maintain, protect, and defend majority black Detroit. Today, Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air-within-30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Ronisha Williams now at 313-434-8291. It's time to get your baby out of the garage and cruise down Woodward to Pontiac, August 20th and 21st, for the inaugural Woodward Dream Show at M1 Concourse. See the legends of Woodward, hot rods, customs, and muscle cars that define Detroit's cruising culture. You may have heard of them or glimpsed them from afar. Now you meet the owners of cars like the Silver Bullet, Cadillac Firemaker, or Black Ghost. All-inclusive ticket includes parking, trackside viewing, and premium Motor City inspired menu and beverages all day. Tickets are limited at WoodwardDreamShow.com. Are you looking for a great deal on TV advertising? Are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With WADL TV 38, we're offering a great special with 50 commercial ads for a great price. This offer is for a 30-day ad placement and can be renewed as often as you choose. Please contact Ronisha Williams for more information at 313-434-8291. That's 313-434-8291. Or email at ronesha at wadldetroit.com. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kids buckle up. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold day. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. 
Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it all the time. What are we going to do if we lose the house? It's time to stop thinking and start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one advice about your mortgage options. We've helped over a million homeowners and we want to help you. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council.